1: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 183. Hey you guys, uh, the Nerdist channel is launching April 2nd and please don't get mad at me for talking a lot about it because we are working very hard to make sure that it succeeds to bring you the kind of nerdtastic programming that I assume that you will want to see. So go to youtube.com slash nerdist, Uh, you can see our channel announcement lineup. And uh, there will be a show in there for you. Tech, pop culture, gaming, comic books, movies, whatever. We're going to find something for you. So uh, please go there, click subscribe, and uh, let us launch the video wing of Nerdist Industries. I'd like to thank Hover.com for being a sponsor on this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, Hover is domain name registration that is simple. Right now, um, they offer premium domain search. So let's say uh, someone already owns a domain because it's probably a generic name that uh, they they squatted on a long time ago, something like sandwich or drycleaning.com. By the way, if you wanted to start sandwichdrycleaning.com, the premium sandwich cleaning service, you'd be a trillionaire. But in any case if you're willing to pay a little bit more then you can search those domains and then you can sort of bro- they'll broker the deal between you and that person. They're they are they are going to be a little more expensive cuz they're generic names but Hover can still make that happen if you've got the coin as Skyrim would say. So if you have any clunker domains registered with Hover, you can now trade them in. So let's say you registered something cuz you got really drunk and you didn't <laughs> and you're like, "Why did I register giantsquidnipples.com?" Hover will take it back. They'll credit everything you've spent on your old clunker with Hover, of course. uh, The original registration fee and any renewal fees. So just an amazing company to work with. Uh, Go to Hover.com right now. Use the offer code NERDIST and get 10% off your domain. Uh, That does not apply to premium domains. But the fancy subdomain, NERDIST.HOVER.com, is the place to go and use the offer code NERDIST. Now, this episode, uh, we... Didn't have a hostful for a few weeks just because of crazy, crazy, crazy work schedules. I mean, we all work very full-time, so it is amazing to me that we're still able to record anything. Uh, And we record quite a few guested podcasts. I think we did like five guested podcasts last week, so uh, we're doing our best here, people. Uh, We enjoy the hostfuls as well, and we're shocked and amazed that people give a crap about them, so thank you for that. Uh, We will always make hostfuls whenever we can. Uh, We don't take it lightly. So here, well, we take it lightly. We, we, we take the, we take ourselves lightly, but the job seriously? Does that make any sense? Well, anyway, here it is, Nerds Podcast number 183. Hostful goodness.
2: Now entering nerdist.com.
1: Okay, Um, I mean, we didn't talk about a new theme song, but I like it. Oh, no, that's, that's the unofficial. That's my... Fan fiction theme song? I write my own fan fiction. I don't know if that's podcast. a song. No, you theme can call song. it. You can call it a parody. I'm a fan of my own work, and I write fan fiction based on my work. But it's which not is fiction. It clearly, you just said things that I would is... prefer that I write about, but don't call officially. What
3: you just did there was no fiction involved. You actually were just saying what happens every and
1: time. And I have dragon wings. There it is. But that's that the fiction element. Song.
4: You can put it on YouTube. And call it a parody because if you search the word parody on YouTube and see what comes up, nothing that comes up is actually a parody. Anything, Actually, you know, parity,
1: another, parity, you and ity. Oh,
4: that's a unity. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, uh, another thing is
3: like you, uh, you find on YouTube, any kid will anyone who uploads something will just put fat kid in it. Uh, for assholes like that, like me, who wants to see fat kids falling, <laughs> and then you just, there's so many videos you see where you're just like, that kid's not that not fat at all. I
4: watched a fat kid falling montage and was bummed that I was not in it.
3: Well, you don't necessarily
1: fault. It's more that's, of a run. That's over. right. That's where I love where I mean, your I ego like struggles. You're <laughs> like, well, <laughs> why did that guy call me fat? How come I'm not in the fat guy montage? Yeah. Well, it's a valid question. Aside,
3: one of the best uh, YouTube videos, and like recently, and this is what I like about how there's the YouTube app on Xbox 360 now, is that oh, terrible, you could just though. do that. You could just sit at a party and just everyone looks up YouTube videos, and we're. Uh, I was over at uh, Kumel and Emily's and we we're all just drunk and stoned and we just watched this one where it's, it's one we showed on Web Soup once where it's the kid that tries to go off the back of a pickup truck and then like quickly before his face hits the ground says, oh, God damn it. Oh yeah. And just starts squealing, but yeah. then they slow it down. Yeah. Oh and then, God <laughs> And then when his voice pitches like, oh yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> so
1: fucking horrible. Yeah. Oh, it's so horrible. Listen, web soup was fun to do, but I do not miss watching people fucking land on their face. Well, that's
4: what ATN
1: on Attack of the Show
4: is for. Come on by. I'm not on that show either anymore. Well, I am, and that's the point.
1: We had our uh, season finale of Talking Dead, season finale of Walking Dead, which uh, was so much fucking fun. Dude. No spoilers, but there was some fucking great not only resolutions to this season, but setups for the next season. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Good setups, and like you know, to everyone who complained about certain elements of maybe lack of zombies, um, there was uh, there was quite a few. And the thing, it's like if that that could have easily had been a little bit longer, and it would have been a great zombie movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am excited that. Uh I'm excited that. Uh, well, I can't talk about what I'm excited about because if you haven't seen, well, just be
4: secure with your feelings.
1: I am secure with my feelings that I'm excited oh, about season like, three oh, let's of let's Walking Dead. Let's just say Den. there are
3: two separate shots in the season finale that, that will fucking shit your pants. Yeah, where it's like, uh, like D and I high five. Oh! Yeah, D and I literally high fived when. So was, yeah, like the first shot. Zombie yeah. So the first shot that I saw yes. about. Yes, yes. Uh, like, we just go, oh! And, like, both of us just <laughs> fucking, fucking high five high-five right. each other. And, and it was guys. like great. And then the second shot was,
5: Ooh, Um,
1: here's Here's uh, just jumping topics really quickly. Here I have to make a correction to a previous hostful podcast. Oh, my God. In which we... <laughs> played remember the nice story about Lamont Dozier the guy who wrote all the Motown hits oh, No, was it not Lamont Dozier it was, it was the- not Lamont Dozier it was, it was a the con man yes, oh. it was a con man I got conned by a Lamont Dozier impersonator it was in the comment threads and then he told you all those lies
4: about Foxconn. What a dick! No, no, dick. that was a different. No, that's a podcast. No, no, right? that
1: was a different podcast. Oh, no, no, no guy. that was a different guy altogether. Yeah, <laughs> the guy, know, the guy dressing, the guy who pretended to be Lamont Dozier did not go to China and report falsely about a bunch of stuff at Foxconn. Uh, he just because who would pretend to be Lamont Dozier? It's the perfect crime. <laughs>
3: it did sound weird though. It did sound weird that a guy would just come up and say that.
1: I know. We told you, know, I would have just given him a thousand dollars right there. You should, have. You should well, have. And And, yeah, I, you know, in retrospect, he had a buddy that walked up afterwards and I was like, I can't believe, you know, this guy's a legend. And his buddy was like, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah like, and 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 in head, retrospect, though,
3: like, I, it's like, oh, he's just friends with him. That's yeah. why he's so relaxed. Yeah. About, about the situation. Now he's so
1: relaxed because the guy's full of shit. Yeah. In the comment threads of <laughs> that, held that coffee
4: mug, and then you realize these guys were so. Sad. <laughs>
1: oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Just slow motion. The usual most
3: singing up.
1: The usual Motown suspects. He uh, someone in the comment thread of that hostful wrote uh, something like Rut Row, and then the link to, <laughs> and then the link to it was in the fucking. It was a news story yeah, in was. that air in Oakland, I saw and it, it had the guy's picture. Where it was like he's pretending to be Lamont Dozier because there's crazy. not two people pretending to be Lamont Dozier. What do
4: you do with that podcast now? Do we just
1: leave it there? Yeah, we just leave it. It's well, a nice. Can little... we
4: rename it? Chris got fooled. He's
1: Chris got fooled. <laughs> food. Chris got food.
4: Yeah,
3: F O O.
1: F O O. yeah. Chris, yeah, I did because he was so he was good. He was good at conning. Ooh.
3: Well, I almost some similar thing happened to me at South by Southwest on Saturday, where some guy in a green shirt said, "I'm fucking Bruce Springsteen," and then some guy really and like did was you walking put him on the phone, podcast. Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> over here.
1: It was him. Bruce Springsteen in the no. uh, Street uh, yeah. Band. No, it's E. Also,
3: you want to if you want to know what the perfect storm of awful is, it's yes. um, it's Sixth Street, um. In uh, Red River, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, on uh during South by Southwest, St. Patrick's Day, and March Madness. Oh yeah, that's uh it was I, I
1: like was I think walking. they call that a, a douche pop-up shop.
3: It was. I was like walking, I was like, why is it different? Why does everything feel more horrible and dirty and more people are throwing up and the sun's still out? And I realized right it was there. everything. So I just stayed in Esther's Follies the entire time. Did your shows go well? My shows went really well. It was a lot of fun. I got to do the Benson interruption, did some stand up uh I got to do um, the Fun Your Die Showcase. The, uh, I did um, uh, Who Charted. I was a guest on Who Charted where I got to beat up some pinatas full of Doritos jacked nice. chips.
4: Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, the chips. And the I got to see
3: it. some really good bands. I got to see Turf War finally, mm-hmm. uh, a band from Atlanta who fucking killed it. And uh, Fiddlar, which is a band I was telling you about before, they have that song Wake, Bake, Skate. It's a fucking yeah. great song. Turns out I knew I know the singer. He's I grew up with him in
4: Hawaii.
1: Holy shit. Had no idea. How many of you guys even get out of there?
3: Not that many. That's what's weird Are that I sure? didn't not realize it. I
1: feel like it's a lot now.
3: Nah, well, me, Ham, and Tia Carrera. <laughs> yeah, it's three uh... people.
1: Even Dog the Bounty Hunter stays on the island. That's true, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't like black people, but he stays yeah. on the island. He stays stayed on the, on the island. island. You know, he was very not... Oh, no, 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 they weren't. They were Samoan. Yeah, mm. that's the difference. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, I saw. I love uh, his heavy-handed. By the way, just I'm sorry before you. <laughs> I love his. I love his heavy. I saw ten minutes of Dog the Bounty Hunter the other night, which I never really watched only before. 10? Yeah, wow. only ten. And uh, it was just really funny how like it's just those shots where I was standing around going, "Yeah, we really changed some lives today." Oh, uh, like
3: are you talking about when he's yeah, like when they're taking the guys like, "Bruh, you got to believe in Jesus." Yeah, yeah, you gotta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if
1: the a, guys don't uh, don't break a paw? Patting yourself on the back there, dog. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty horrible. Is well, he? His hair
3: is
4: great. Yeah, if we anything. can all agree on that. Uh, it is great. Yeah,
3: but then I also got to see a band that I grew up watching, uh, listening to, which is called Braid. They broke up for a while, got back together. I got to go and see them, and I got to see the Static Jacks. And Static Jacks, I've mentioned before, uh, singer looks like Conan O'Brien, sounds like Danzig, so it was pretty cool. Finally, to see. yes, I know <laughs> we've all been waiting.
1: Finally, we so many people. Later. I'm like, that, that guy thing. sounds like Danzig, but he does yeah. not look like. That thing no one asked for finally happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I finally stopped by Halloween Club coming back from WonderCon. Halloween Club is that huge year round Halloween superstore that's right off the Five near the Citadel. Yeah. And I drive by, every time I'm going south to like Disneyland or whatever, I see it. I'm like, Halloween Club someday. Well, traffic was so bad on the Five coming back from WonderCon that I was on that Telegraph Road or whatever that feeder road Gotta is. Take yeah. the 60, man. And I'm like, Oh, my God, Halloween Club. So I went in, and uh, first of all, there were a couple, like... Slutty little girl outfits that, but the models on the package for the costumes were actually little girls, like oh. Naughty Wizard, like oh please, why?
3: Uh, oh, I also saw Naughty Wizard. South <laughs> oh, were <anyways>. they good? <laughs> yeah, they
1: were. Really uh, did it feel as awful as uh, <laughs> I, looking at that package made me feel? Yeah, yeah But they had the you weirdest. You were checking out their packages. No, that gross. yeah, okay. Technically, I was. Yeah, you got me there. <laughs> I, I, I would be convicted. But, yeah. um, um, but they had the weirdest mashup, which was a. Uh, a mask called Pumpkin President, and it was Obama's face oh, in the, in a sh- in a pumpkin.
3: I don't know if it I is. Love but I'm just going to say that's racist. Really? I don't know why. It just makes me <laughs> it just want. Feels to... racist.
1: Yeah, it does. Just putting an African American in the shape of a pumpkin feels racist somehow. I don't know why. It just know doesn't know feel right. Um, you can say black guy. Okay, okay. but the, but the president. But like calling the president a black guy feels like disrespectful for some reason.
4: Well, I'd call the president a white guy if he was white. Yeah, but yeah, you call him like a rich white guy.
1: But you yeah, wouldn't be yeah. like this black guy president we got. You'd be like our African-American president. It's just more respectful oh, I to say. That.
4: I would just say this president. This president. I yeah. Hawaiian I mean, president. mean, that's just me. <laughs>
1: and you would say <laughs> I was. Yeah. President. I'm not
3: going to say. I'm, I'm going to say I did agree with a lot of things he talked about. But the reason I voted for him most, mostly was because he was from Hawaii. Nice. Yeah. Now I, I know what people felt about like George W. Bush. like, ah, I know where he's from. I'll vote for him.
1: And you vote for him because he's from Hawaii.
3: Yeah. I know where he grew up. It's well, great. I
4: voted it's for him because feeling. Sarah Palin was not his running mate true she was not his running mate game change
1: change. pete Pete holmes and i have this running joke because he talks about like how the podcast is totally he's like it's a game changer people are showing up my show it's a game and so he would send me emails where just like game changer was every other word so now whenever i see any iteration of game change i take a picture of it and text it to him so the game change poster he got real like pete i'm never gonna stop doing this game change game change game change yeah,
3: um, met met a lot of uh, people who were fans of the podcast at, uh, in Austin. So thanks to them.
1: Thanks, guys, for, for listening. listening and yeah. for coming out to see us when we were just there. Here's a fun bit of uh, technology business that I just want to cover. A lot of you who have iPhones probably noticed up in the corner that it now says 4G.
4: Oh, it's the HSPA. That's not. It's
1: not. It's not. It's 4G is in the LTE network. Correct. It is the fourth generation of their network. Yeah. And so technically they're not wrong, but they also know probably that people are going to mistake that for being the LTE network. So it's a little crafty on their parts. You better not mistake it for the LTE network. It's so much slower. It's like, as soon as, as soon as I saw 4G up there I was like, Oh, interesting. So I ran speedtest.net, and it's not. No, it's the same. Yeah, same exact. Speedy, same exact network. They just. It's just their iteration it's that of the thing network. They charge us a little bit extra for people the like the number and the letter G have become very loose now, but it basically means like the generation of the network. So it's not those super blazing fast uh, LTE network that you might think. So technically, you're not wrong for what you're doing, ATT. But you know what you're doing.
4: Yeah. That's exactly why I bought the Verizon iPad instead of the AT and T. I believe I did buy the Verizon iPad yeah, as well. For they the, get enough of my money. They have my cable and my fucking cell phone. So it's like I'm giving them like two hundred dollars a month. Who Verizon? No, AT and T. Oh fucking, wow!
1: Spread spread some of your wealth around, Matt Myra. Yeah, I'm giving
4: it to Verizon now. Giving them some of my monies. You're good for you. Thanks. Speaking uh, of monies, I bought a Jaws poster this weekend at WonderCon. An original 1975 Jaws poster. Wow. How much? 400. That's not bad. It wasn't bad. No, it's being framed right now. Jerry Duggan, who works on Attack, uh, asked me how I was getting it framed, and I showed him the thing, and he saw that it was being dry-mounted, and he made me call them immediately and tell them not to dry-mount it because I didn't realize dry-mounting
1: is gluing it
4: to a backboard.
1: Oh, I thought that was when you fuck someone through your pants. (laughs) (laughs) That's dry-humping. That's dry-humping. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you shouldn't let someone dry fuck your poster. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because that's a holes. waste. I mean, they be be full of holes. Fuck my poster. That's fine. That is a waste. Just don't glue it. Just cut a, a hole in the shark's mouth. <laughs> anyway. I bought a uh, an original Ralph Bakshi sell from the movie Wizards. Oh, wow. And Ralph Bakshi was there and fucking signed it. It was amazing. It was, I it was guess like cool two hundred dollars for
4: an original cell from Wizards. You know there are literally hundreds of thousands of them.
1: <laughs> there aren't though. Like cells, cells deterior, Cells get destroyed easily.
4: Listen, yeah, you can get Ghostbuster cells for ten bucks. What
1: real the original? Like the, the the, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 they made 150 episodes of the the one that was called the Real Ghostbusters. Yeah, not the Ghostbusters where, where Egon, Ghostbusters, where Egon, Egon Ghostbusters. had like a blonde mohawk.
4: Yeah, and was yeah. voiced it was by like a Maurice. Snork, it oh,
1: and, oh my god! Even <laughs> think to ask Maurice about that? I completely forgot about that too. I would have had him sign myself. Anyway, it's not important. It's not. It's not important. Yeah. Uh, but uh, WonderCon was amazing. We I finally announced our channel lineup which I want to go through a little bit right now just cuz I you know we made a Let's clear up some misconceptions press conference video for it which is on the channel right now it's youtube
3: will television channel
1: youtubecom slash um I'm so excited about this channel I have no idea if anyone's going to watch it but it's really fun to make a bunch of stuff that I give a shit about and so <coughs> we're going to do uh, here's a bunch of shows we're doing I'll announce on of here I'm doing a show called uh, All Star Bowling which is team competition bowling? Yes. So we did a t- we did a team. The first one we did a team nerdist. It was it's always team nerdist with different people from. It'll rotate.
3: Yeah, that's the one I got. So drunk you, at. you you did the first
1: one. It was you <laughs> you Alison Hayslip and sex nerd Sandra bowled against. We made a team of chefs. So it was Harley Moore and from Epic Meal Time. Hannah Hart for my drunk Ki- Hannah Hart for my drunk kitchen. Michael Voltaggio, Jennifer Beam, uh, and so we bowled against a team of chefs.
4: Harley's a chef, really? We're calling that a chef? But he,
1: he does he cook cooks things. on the internet. What do you want? All right. And he's a fierce competitor. I bowled like shit well, that day. Canadian. I bowled pretty badly, too. But I found also... it's hard to produce a show and bowl on it at the same time. It was weird. That's and something. also, I
3: That's forgot that I had a... <laughs> That's a life lesson no one learned. Don't produce a show and bowl <laughs> on it. I also uh, forgot that I had an audition shortly after that, and so I had to go to the audition pretty drunk. <laughs>
1: Bottom was say, the, was the character it. for a drunk guy? What drunk guy character? Yeah, it was for
3: a guy that was kind of supposed to be a, like.
1: He's a stoner, really method, and I don't do stoners. He's so. really into this work, so I improvise no. the alcohol. Uh, yeah, so we have a bunch of other fun teams coming up. We're gonna do. I think we're gonna do a team Mad Men. We're gonna bowl against. Nice. Um, so that'll be a show that we're doing. Uh, comic book club live. Uh, we're gonna make a video version of our comic book podcast. Cute things exploding, which is very self-explanatory. Face to face with Weird Al Yankovic is a hard-hitting Weird Al Yankovic celebrity interview news show. Uh, so that's essentially all the
4: best parts of LTV. Yep, we're Correct. gonna do.
1: Uh, we're gonna do. Ain't it cool news. The Henson has built a Harry Knowles puppet who will be conducting a lot of the interview. This looks fucking amazing. That's awesome. So we're going to do way to cool news as a, as a show. Um, we're getting a bunch of classic kids in the hall sketches and I shot like DVD extras with But it's not a DVD. I just don't know what else to call them. They're basically at you. So you watch a kids in the hall sketch that you loved and right after it, because I wanted people to get to their content as quickly as possible right after it. It's me sitting down with the kids talking to them about the sketch they just the people just saw. Did you do one you uh, for
3: the sausages uh, short? Oh, I can't remember. What about yes, the beard? Sir?
1: What about the beard?
3: Let me finish no, talking about the sketch I thought of. Um, the sausages. <laughs> it was like the real it was like the uh, the eraser head, Bruce McCullough one yeah. where there's like the lady working at the sausage factory, and then there was uh, Scott Thompson was like,
1: I want more sausages. I don't know if we did
4: that one. Uh, what about the beard where Kevin McDonald goes on vacation and decides to grow a beard yeah, and then it makes him beard. kill people? I
1: think we might have done Ascertain. Okay. Yeah, ascertain. Uh, but we did... I mean, we, we've we've got like 60 kids in the hall <laughs> clips. Yeah. And so we did, That's you right. know, we did wraparounds for all those, which was super fun for me as a fan asking guys about like Scora the Gentle Shark. Oh, wow, you and, should get one of yeah. them on the podcast. Scora! <laughs> I, should get, I should get one of them on the podcast. Um, we're going to be... We have another show called Weird Shit from Japan, which is Weird Shit from Japan. Um, Henson is... Uh, is giving us uh, they had an ape detective show called Suds, which we're putting out there, and then we're we're, we're condensing classic episodes of Farscape into minisodes oh, wow. uh, as well. Um, the Awkward Family show from Awkward Family videos, uh, from Awkward Family photos. We're gonna do a video show. Uh, Alex Albrecht is doing a show called Four Points that Allison Hayslip is gonna be on. Uh, another show called Gift Gift City. We have a a uh, the Gumball Three Thousand race with the Dudesons. Who oh, are, the dude. Uh, those
3: are from their Norway?
1: Finan. They're from Finland. Finland. Yeah.
3: They're from Finnan.
1: They're from Finnan. Yeah, yeah. They're Finna tell you they're from Finland. Yeah, they
4: do weird shit.
1: Yeah, Fucking crazy shit.
4: Yeah. That's exactly why. I'm not going with them.
1: We were gonna stick him with them and put them in the like make him a reporter in the car. That would have been awesome. I know. I have a job. That could have been a job. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're doing a show called Hero Complex with Jeff Boucher. Jeff Boucher from the LA Times. L- interviews the most insane like he's a guy that'll just get Jim Cameron to come sit down with him and talk about stuff, or like, you know, or uh, or or I don't know, Ernest Blofeld, Ernest Blofeld, or Jim Varney,
3: the ghost
1: of Jim Varney. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we're doing a cosplay show called Just Cause that Matt's on, and Chloe Dexter, Justin Wilman's Magic Meltdown is a like a street magic show. Neil Patrick Harris is doing a show with puppets. Where he, every night he falls asleep and he dreams in puppets. That's awesome. Um, so it was just sort of a fun way to do like a, ske- like a puppet sketch comedy show with Neil. Uh, Ralph Sorella from Howard Stern's network is doing Geek, is going to do it, you know, like a version of Geek Time on the channel. Uh, Nerd Turns, where all of our interns are actually yeah. doing their kind of Larry Sanders show at Meltdown. Uh, this one I'm very excited about. Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> Fucking sweet. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> Fucking Star Talk! I know. We got Star Talk. You got it. I didn't do anything. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> How dare you? Try to glom on in my thoughts. I mean, I just showed you the podcast and introduced it to you. You did not introduce me to Star Talk. I did too. No, you really. Yes, didn't. Yes, I did. I knew who Neil deGrasse Tyson was. I remember Degrass the day Tyson where was. you were like,
4: "What's the name of that podcast you told me to listen to?" And I said, "Star Talk." You're like, "Okay," and then you downloaded it. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome. You might have known who Neil deGrasse Tyson was, but you did not listen to the podcast. Until All I right, I'll give it.
1: you 10 percent credit. Ladies, ladies, what? <laughs> Is there a sale at Bergdorfs? <laughs> Bergdorf? Uh, yeah, it's New York. Bergdorf Goodman's. Oh, I never heard of you it. You never see that? No. Did you see Arthur? No, I've never seen Arthur. You have to see the original Arthur. Okay. John Gilgood is sublime. Uh, all right. We're doing Tournament of Nerds. Great show. With uh Justin Donaldson who's and hosting. And Hal, and Hal Rudnick. And Hal Rudnick. <clears throat> it's the it's this is <laughs> where they have like people take it's a debate show where people take sides in pop culture. So it'll be like Cliff Huxtable debating, you know, uh, um,
3: the Kool Aid Man. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then they debate why they're awesome and why the other one sucks, and yeah, it's yeah. so much fucking fun. You've judged a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob Zombie's going to do a show. Um, we're getting some episodes of Nan and Little Puss Puss, which was a great animated show that I remember watching in the Spike and Mike Festival. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's the main chunk of the lineup right there. We're going to be all the shows aren't launching at once because it, it's just there'd be too many things to launch on the same day. So we'll launch a handful of shows on April 2nd and then slowly throughout the year roll out more. And then, of course, we're going to live stream Course of the Force, which is our big. Oh, and we're going to do the Indoor Kids as well. Oh, nice. As a podcast. Oh,
3: isn't Maddie producing that? Maddie Kirsch?
1: Yeah, Matt Kirsch is producing that. So it's Kumail yes. and Emily and Steve Agee. And, uh, and it's sort of like them sort of fucking around through games that they're playing.
3: Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Maddie Kirsch, for our listeners, he was the uh, executive producer for Jonah's Arcade. Yes, and he's uh, working with also with uh Jason Bateman and Will Arnett uh, on a uh, like a a machinima show. So yeah. he's uh, he's really good.
1: Yeah, Matt's Matt's, good Matt's, Matt's really great. And so you know, and we're really I've been re- I really tried to program everything that I would want to see on a channel, and pretty much all of it worked out that I was that I was trying to get. Yeah, what didn't work out? Um, <laughs> I don't think is there anything that didn't work out. I'll answer that question honestly if I can think of something. Uh I can't remember tits, were- tits and butts? There oh, were a couple of tits, tits and butts. There were a couple shows that we were gonna try to do, but technologically we just weren't Weren't sure we were going to be, be able to show that show about warp speed. you could Yeah. Do? Warp speed traveling <laughs> fast. Not real, that or... show called traveling faster than light. We weren't figuring out we yeah. were going to be able to do teleportation. was a <laughs> yeah. show We weren't able to get off the ground
3: platonic male and female friends. Impossible. The, yeah, you can't impossible. even, I mean, it just
1: doesn't even <laughs> one person always wants to fuck yeah, the exactly. other. So it's just like to find a perfectly balanced parity. Really? Yeah. Uh It's, um, it was impossible. So yeah, Nerdist channel on YouTube is launching uh April 2nd and it, it part of the success of the channel is going to hinge on you know our subscriber base, and so please uh, go to youtube.com/nerdist um, and and click subscribe. That would be very very helpful to us to to if you support that. And you know we also have other shows that we're working on that we haven't announced yet, um, and one of them could be fucking crazy. So
4: uh,
1: so we'll 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 see. But anyway, super super excited. <laughs> one
4: flew over the cuckoo's nest. The
1: series. The series. Yeah. yeah. Finally, right? You've been waiting all yeah. these years.
4: I haven't. To see,
3: <laughs> it, but it's all his. It's basically it's just the uh, it's, it's the Indian p- guy, and it's like uh, it's like the Incredible Hulk TV show where he just travels around oh, okay. helping yeah. people. Oh suffocating friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. he suffocates, in your hair na Yeah, and that's when he Let's pick up that large engine with the pillowcase. Yep, that's what we got it, and then so that's the whole thing. Cool. Yeah. No, we're not actually doing that show. No, I know, yeah. but that would be really good. That would be good if we. If we
3: I'll do it. it. You want to do it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll be in red
1: face. You got to show... It's not okay to be in red face. <laughs> it's not? No. Wow. Oh. <laughs> any kind of face I thought
3: just the just the black was the it's, one that was... No, no, black. <laughs> just the black. Black and red oh. is not okay. Fine, then I'll do another thing. Any, co- any color face. No, any color face? Yeah. Well,
1: I guess I'm out of luck then. Yeah. That's all I t- train... Technically, even dressing up as a Simpsons character is offensive.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> it's not okay. Uh, <laughs> so... That's that's it. That's that's our lineup, and uh, and I really I hope you guys like it. I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm so nervous about it. Not nervous, but just you know, like you make stuff and you work on it for so long, you just kind of go. I hope this is what it'll be great. I mean, it's all the things that I would want to see. I mean, fucking Weird Al and Neil deGrasse Tyson and Neil Harris and the Neils, the Neils that. Oh my god, that's a great idea. Yeah, we just need like Neil Armstrong. And Neil oh, Finn. Oh, let's do it. Living in a house. Yeah, all you need is The Neil, Neil World. world. <laughs> I'd watch that. The Neil World. Yeah, yeah. Neil like, Gaiman like is real. in there. Neil Gaiman's in there. Ryan O'Neal. Neil Pert plays drums, obviously. Yep. Yep. Neil just has to be in there somewhere. <laughs> Any kind of Neil name has to be in there somewhere. Directed
3: people, by Neil Mahoney.
1: People who genuflect all the time. <laughs> okay. Very exciting. YouTube.com slash nerdist. Uh, what are you up to this week, Myra?
4: This week, uh, I don't know. What am I doing? Oh, we're, going to, we're going to Philly
1: and then Atlanta. Oh, yeah. We're going to Philly and Atlanta Friday and Saturday.
4: Philly, Atlanta, then Vegas for me. What's in Vegas? Vacation. Vegas vacation? Vegas vacation. Why is that a Vegas vacation? vacation? Uh, my buddy, uh, John, and his uh, wife, Shannon, they're coming out to California for the week. It's the week I took off because the attack of the show is dark. Oh. So they're going to Vegas first and then driving on Monday. I told them I would go with them. You and Greta? Uh, no, Greta is going to be here because her sister is here. We will all gather again on Monday. We'll be reunited in California because Monday night I have Star Trek.
1: Ah, yes, of yeah. course. At Meltdown. I don't know who's going to be
4: doing that with me. I don't... You know who might be doing that with you? <laughs> who's that?
1: Our buddy Moshe Kasher has dropped he probably by. Isn't.
4: He probably couldn't move his Johnson. Hey, before. Moshe. Hi,
5: guys. you
1: from? Does I, that hurt I, <laughs> oh. this is like, it's like in Skyrim where they go,
2: <laughs> did you hear a wizard just appeared out of thin air? Yeah. He is dragon pain. Um, <laughs> um, I <laughs> want to say that I, not to shatter the He's elusive myth of the fourth wall in this podcast, but I've been sitting here listening to you announcing your uh, YouTube channel. It sounds really fucking cool. Oh. I would watch all oh of Oh my that.
1: God, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. that. I
2: That's really real, do sincerely appreciate that. There's, there's real one talk. subscriber. There's That's one. real talk. <laughs> and I was thinking with the Neels, you could have all three Neels on bended knee and say the Neels beg you to watch... Uh, oh, not- that's a great oh, there's, idea.
3: The there's the bench ads.
2: But there's the bench ads. I'm a. I you you saw my turn on Mad Men right when I was doing podcast stuff. And yeah, YouTube exactly. Yeah. Mad <laughs> Men of the future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice to be here,
1: Moshe. It's <laughs> it's nice to uh, it's very nice to to have you to have you drop by because uh, you have a book that people should read. I do. And uh, let's just get that right out. Let's just throw that right out on the table. Cool. It's called The Secret, and
3: uh, <laughs> oh, no, you didn't, write that. No. Yeah. Oh, right. you did didn't write that. Oh, you're right. You didn't write that, oh, sorry, But that was on your vision board to yeah. be able to write The <laughs> Secret. Right. It's, it'll never That's materialize. Right. When I read
2: The Secret, what I got out of it was I wanted to manifest having written The Secret. So yeah. it was kind of a you can write The Secret engineer.
3: too, too. That's true. Yeah. This, also, The Secret. Yeah. More right. secrets. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a book coming out at the end of the month. I'm super excited about it. It's my childhood memoir. Um, about my ridiculous childhood it's called Casher in the Rye um, which is sounds similar to another book i don't the secret it sounds similar. Right. Yes, <laughs> it's <does. laughs> um, <and, laughs> a stand yeah the <laughs> stand just to give you guys an idea of who, uh, what the book's about the subtitle is the true tale of a white boy from Oakland who became a drug addict, criminal, mental patient, and then turned 16. So it's a debaucherous tale of <laughs> childhood Christ. drug addiction and insanity.
1: Those are uh, competing with some Barrymore uh, stats. There. Yeah.
3: It's funny. Uh, Deanna, my girlfriend, who you also know, mm-hmm. um, she this morning I was telling her, like, oh, yeah, we're doing a rap motion on the podcast. And uh, he has his book. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I really wish I was one of those kids that got all my drinking and drugs out of the way before high school ended.
2: Yeah, that's funny. I I now that I'm uh, getting older, I, I always was super proud of it, like sort of like a straight edge kid my my whole life. And now that I'm getting older, it's it's becoming weirder and weirder as I get older to say, yeah, oh, I haven't dr- I haven't gotten high or drunk since fifteen, since fifteen. Yeah, you know, when you I know, when you, my when, you third when you hear rehab. that, when you hear that, like the Jesus one, Christ,
1: one the of the three read. meetings that I went to, like one of the three AA meetings I went to, the kid who was running the meeting was like nineteen or twenty. And he had already been sober for like three years. So when you know, when you hear that, like someone has really fucking had a rough go. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I mean, that's and so that's what the book's about is about my kind of uh, ridiculous uh, journey through. Like I said, it was three. My third rehab was at 15. I was a grizzled old vet at 15 coming out of my third rehab. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I flunked ninth grade. Three times. Three times. Yeah, man. There you go. Yeah, we were, Jonah and I were, uh, there's a uh, report card. There's an image of the report card in the book. And my GPA for that, for my eighth grade semester was uh, 0.17. Oh, wow. So I had an F, 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 D minus F. And you know what the D minus was in? What? Special Ed. There you go. (laughs) You know, know it was,
1: (laughs) you would blow a higher blood alcohol content than your grade (laughs) currently. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, are you totally? Do you not do anything anymore? Do you
2: still do you drink or anything anymore? Or no. Uh, I watch a lot of Star Trek. Yeah. which Yeah. what brings me to the uh, possible <laughs> Star Trek uh, hosting. I, I I don't do anything. Yeah. I still don't do anything. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's, it's a very it's a very difficult lifestyle to maintain, especially in the world that we live in, right? In this yeah. the comedy community, yeah, yeah. Very, where yeah. people like Jonah pushing pushing drugs on you and stuff.
3: I so yeah. I just <laughs> want everyone else to come to my level.
2: Yeah. You know. <laughs>
1: Let's get high and watch kids fall on their faces!
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) When I first met Jonah, like, right outside of my school playground, he was standing on the corner lurking, he had a hood on and stuff, and I was like, this one's free, kid. And that's how we kind of connected. <laughs> well,
3: them. I just knew, I just knew, and I went back in time to do this. So this yeah. was really, there was a lot of work on my part. Uh, but I, I just knew that one day this would make a great book. Yeah, <laughs> so this, you were helping him out, this skinny hip hop kid. In Maybe Oakland. Jonah's not
1: so crazy after all. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? But you're not. Uh, Why can't I? <laughs> because you're not. That's why you all can't. these characters I have. If only I was nope.
2: Billy Crystal, <laughs> or, Sammy Davis a, Jr. or, or <laughs> a 40s
1: comedian. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: So yeah, I mean the book takes place in in Oakland in the early 90s and stuff, and it's me and all the, this group of kind of ne'er do well kids. These kind of you know, I I actually believe, uh, I, and I, I I hope this doesn't sound arrogant. I believe we invented white people acting black. I think that was our idea in Oakland. I'm not totally positive about it, but I really think my group of people were like the sort of progenitors before it spread into the suburbs and sure. became uh, you know, the real dominant um, right d- zeitgeist paradigm. You were the original Wiggins. Uh, yeah, we were, yeah, I think we were. I mean, I really think we were. And that was really born out of necessity because in Oakland, we were all Oakland public school kids and uh, it was all black kids. So the the cool popular kids were like gangster black kids. And so that's what we aspired to be. And we all affected Southern accents as time went on. And uh, I used to be a, a, a liberal N-word user. Yeah. Um, but in a really good kind of uh, user-friendly way. You had been uh, accepted by the group. Well, when you're a white guy that says the N-word, there's a, you have to you you're you're given permission from certain sectors of your black friends to use the N-word. So if a new black person comes around. You wait for a while until you get like a. Do, you, do they give you
1: a card, like Sector. a laminated
2: card, Sector. Sector. you present? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they—it's got an emerald on it, and they touch your forehead. Oh And there's great. a whole there's yeah. a whole uh, thing to it right? there's a whole ceremony. Yeah, they say I now dub thee Sir Mix-a-Lot. Yeah, exactly. My parents are. Bo- I just want to. I uh, give you guys who are listening some of the juicy details. My parents are both deaf. My mom. But
3: basically- you just talked about being a being talking like a blackhead. Explain to them which kind of death. Yeah, hip hop death. Oh great!
2: They were break dancers, and um, (laughs) (laughs) in fact, my mom gave birth to me while doing a head spin. You you were conceived on, uh, you were conceived on a cardboard. Um, I need hot water, towels, and cardboard. Yeah, exactly.
3: You came out just doing like the sweetest end position, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: and a a jam to kick it to. Uh, a deaf comedy jam, if you will. Yeah, yes. Right
2: you popped out. Your first words were "Bring that beat back." Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And then I went back into my mother. We, we <laughs> should name him Nitro Casher. <laughs> uh, my mom essentially kidnapped us when we were little kids and and moved us from New York to Oakland, and uh, and so then I was raised in this kind of weird man hating house. Wait, both your parents were deaf. Both of my parents were deaf. Yeah. Like full Do you like fully? Fully? Full on deaf? Hell yeah. Yeah, full on.
4: Were they near the same explosion, or were they born deaf?
2: <laughs> they didn't become deaf together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean they were already married? Did they take a deaf pact? Yeah. 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 No, what happened was when I was a very young youth, I grabbed an ice pick and just yeah. stabbed <laughs> into my parents. No, no, they were born deaf separately. They met at a deaf thing. Oh, a like sort of deaf... Deaf con? Was it a deaf con?
4: I know this is insulting. I know this is insulting, but they'll never hear it. Well played. Thank you. Well played, sir. That's right. Yeah, my parents,
2: you're right. They won't. My mom won't hear it. My dad won't because he's dead. Okay. All right. So anyway, guys. um, Here here we go. go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 Maybe he will hear it now.
4: Podcasts are available on
2: your iPod and Heaven. They are? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what Heaven is for a deaf person, is the (laughs) the ability to finally listen to the Nerdist podcast. It's like
4: when Jordy finally gets his real. Eyes and insurrection and he looks at the sunset just oh, like then he that and then it.
2: burns his eyes. <laughs> right. Oh man. <laughs> Why didn't Jordy take the eyesight from Q? It's so stupid. Anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> good point. And then oh, my dad also, when I when we left, my dad became jumped into this uh the Hasidic gr- uh Jewish group called the Satmars, who are the most of all the Hasidic groups, they're the weirdest. So that's like how so? I mean, they sleep in separate beds, w- wife, wife and husband sleep in separate beds. Uh, they're the people that don't, uh, uh, like, they don't go, they go to Israel, but they don't acknowledge that it exists. <laughs> so okay. They, it's like being, you know, when, like, um, who, uh, Susan didn't believe she was really in Narnia. You know what right. I mean? It's like that. Okay. Um, they're all Susan. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, um... So, Rabbi Tumnus. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. It is me. <laughs> uh, and so I would go home and pretend to be a Hasidic Jew for six weeks a year, even no, though I didn't know what I was doing. I would just go sort of shuck and jive and be like, oh, do you like me? Mammy. And um, all of that kind of led to me plunging into like teenage drug addiction and little white boy gangs and graffiti and arrest and mental institutions. And by the time I found drugs, I was so. Twisted and ridiculous from all the circumstances of my childhood that I got into a lot of trouble very quickly. So that's some of the. G- how do you, commu- know, you, know, how do you communicate? Books, how do
1: you communicate with your? Do you have brothers and sisters?
2: I do. Yeah. And so, how do you
1: communicate with your parents? Like, did you? Did you know? Uh, I know sign language. You know fluent, fluent sign In language. In fact,
2: last night I was on an episode of shame, of Showtime's Shameless. Yep. Where I played a, I played a deaf, paraplegic crackhead ex-male prostitute die on my deathbed with a uh, I had a tray cold and stuff and I was I was signing in the episode and the daughter still so, fucks you no no <laughs> one fucks me I do I asked Joan Cusack asked me what can I do each, I'm dying she's like what can I do you, do you need anything? And I like I essentially ask if I can go down on her, <laughs> and yeah. uh, she's like, "Oh no!" And then um, they buy me crack, and they smoke crack out of my tracheotomy hole. With uh, it's really fucked holy up shit, and yeah. it's really yeah. shameless, you guys. Yeah. So you used but a lot of uh, sense memory to do that scene. Huh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But here's the here's some trivia about that episode. I I don't know if I should say this, but I was swearing like. Crazy swearing in sign language on this episode. Oh, it's showtime, so it doesn't matter. Damn it! But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but if you're deaf, not that you'll be listening to this podcast, but you can see what I'm saying. I'm just saying the crazy shit in sign language that isn't in the script. But I'm just they don't they don't know so no what I'm saying. to what what were you saying? But me, I was just like this fucking crazy bitch. I, you know, just like about Joan Cusack. Get me the fuck out of here. Buy me some crack. I want to eat her pussy. Oh, I, I don't know if I can say that. You can I, say that. I, that I I guess. 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 Okay, okay, good. Uh, but anyway, so that's some trivia for the for the. Listeners. How do
1: you sign? I want to eat Joan Cusack's. How we'll do see. you think? Okay,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. V for victory. Yeah, and yeah, and John Cusack, of course, is. I don't know what John Cusack's sign would be. That's pretty. You just hold up a picture. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, That's right. Uh, a lot of you have to have a lot of pictures of celebrities when you're. Dead. Did you was only, <laughs> it? Only, only, only only the Cusacks have their own signs? <laughs> That's <right>.
4: yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> well, you know what uh, John's would be. Yeah, exactly. Hands above head, boombox the boombox. Yeah. <laughs> And all the deaf people will be like, "What's a boombox?"
1: <laughs> I think it's I, the, the vibrating vibrations box. Come, <laughs> yeah. That's all right. You can make that joke. You have deaf parents. Yeah, I can um, do it all. Was it? I mean, I hate to. I hate to. This is going to sound so obnoxious. Did comedy save you? That did sound obnoxious.
4: It does. No, I know. it's
2: not obnoxious. But I understand what you're saying. And I, I mean, in a weird way, what I describe in the book is that in a weird way, I don't know if it saved me, but it allowed. It be I became a comedian because of the skill set that I learned from being a fucked up kid. So I was this a liar.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) right. I
2: mean, I was this like lone white boy in the sea of black and Mexican kids in Oakland public schools, and so you have to figure out, like I said, what you want. You either want to become black. Or become invisible, or become funny. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To defend yourself, making jokes, I and mean, that's for sure where I first learned how to uh, start making jokes. Was in Oakland public schools. They're actually black, when you're black.
1: filling out the demographic information <laughs> right. at school, the it's, it's checkbox <laughs> says black. One says invisible. One says funny. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have to pick. You just have to pick one of those. I'm kind of invisible, but I'm a little funny. Yeah, mostly invisible. I was
2: kind of black, but a little funny. That was yeah, little, just what not I, invisible. I slowly became black. I was not invisible. I was a little chubby. So is that I how didn't... you is that how you
1: met Brent Weinbach? Because you guys were
2: uh-huh. you guys were, were boom time. No, I didn't. Brent's from L.A. Yeah, Brent's from here. But that is where I met Chelsea Peretti. Oh, okay. Chelsea Peretti and I did go to junior high school together, and we were both black at one point. You went to That's high right. school with Chelsea Peretti? Junior high.
3: Oh, also Emily Maya Mills is also from the same area and had very similar upbringing. Right?
2: right. Basically, in the Bay Area, everyone is black. That is the top social rung. You want to be black, and so was it like that in Hawaii? Did everybody want to be Asian in some weird way? Uh, you know, everyone wanted to be like local. Like, yeah. like you know, like you. would there would even. I remember a kid that moved
3: to Hawaii because uh, he was in the military, and like within a year, he was talking. He was talking pigeon. Yeah, right. And I remember thinking it was weird because I was like, was like, no, I'm from here. That's why I talk pigeon. Yeah, you but know, you,
1: like, but you acclimate. I mean, I even do it, I find when I go to the South and I'm talking
2: to people, right. I get a little bit of a back. Yeah, when, I, when
3: you're talking to a friend from back home, right. you start yeah.
2: slipping into the, you know. I, I hate that. I hate that about myself. I know that I'm the type of person that if I lived in England for long enough, I would start affecting the accent. And I yeah. hate that. I think that, that it's. Ju- I think
4: it's just.
2: It's just what you're surrounded by. That's it's why just, they uh, say go
1: submerge yourself
4: in whatever country you want to learn the language of. Yeah, is I the think best
1: it's. I think it. it's just. It is just like a deep-seated, you know, evolutionary. I I need to fit into my surroundings, right. you know. My to Boston
4: be, accent just it comes out when I, you know, when we'll I'm there. We'll see on May fourth. when yeah, We go back to Boston.
1: Everyone's gonna be wicked weird. Wicked. And you're
4: gonna be a fucking retard. Yep. So, which but, is a like,
2: choice like, man. The, it
3: but coming up though like it's like when did you, Thank you, s- you for saying you, coming
2: w- up by the way cuz i wouldn't have understood if you said growing up because of the blackness in me so yes, that's it. That. <laughs> on the ups yeah when uh, i was coming up yeah go yeah, ahead when you
3: when you're coming mm. up what, what 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 would you what would you get into what would you get
2: into oh what Jeez what i'm going to get into goodness. um no w- what do you mean what what kind of what what are you asking
3: like it's like when when was the age when you started like what was when you started getting into graffiti when you started
2: getting when into hip hop when i was 12 years old is when I so in the in seventh grade is when I sort of plunged out of the social hierarchy of junior high and plunged into the fuck ups in the back of the school. So yeah. that was that was when I exited society, found drugs, found acid, found booze, found speed. Found what is
1: acid? I've never done acid. I don't know. What but, but yeah. what is what are hardcore drugs
2: like to a twelve year old? Well, the funny thing about taking mind expanding drugs when you're twelve years old. I mean, is there must you,
1: be many funny things.
2: Well, yeah, there are, but you don't really have much of a mind to expand that's upon. That's what I'm curious so about. So but in another so that's that's a very bad thing and it did definitely turn me into a weird person that it you know some of the 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 foot some of that still carries with me today but on the other hand it's pretty good because it's hard to have a really bad trip at twelve. you don't really have a lot of neurosis <laughs> there's, there's not or, that many demons inside yeah, I mean, you know everything's kind of like a, everything's kind of like a roller coaster yeah I mean what are you gonna think oh what am I gonna do when I grow up you'd never thought about death before so it's yeah. like there's no real you know twistedness to you so I mean you know, I,
1: and I and I, hope, I you know I hope you don't think that I'm taking this lightly like <laughs> hilarious you know this one, oh. but it's just that you know like I, I mean you know you you're pretty upbeat about it and so I don't really see why I you know like making it like no Oh please, no.
2: please tell us. No, no, no. Oh, I didn't mention the whole. This, this book is a comedy, it's right? A, okay, the, the book's a comic book. It's a. It's a. Because this is how we deal with awful things. That's right. I mean, somebody once said, "Anything that you fu- anything you laugh at, you'll never be ashamed of again." That's and a I great think, quote. I think it's real. You know, and I. So I didn't want to go through this book and write a book that was like this sort of you know wake up call to the horrors of teenage drug addiction. First of all, I'm not the guy to write that book. Second of all, that book's already been written right. uh, by a thousand times over. This book is just absolutely. A reflection of the absurdity of growing up in this world. I mean, it's just, it's just every story was so fucking ridiculous and hilarious. And we used to, speaking of the nerdist, we used to uh hang out uh in the gutter, in the sewers of Oakland. Literally in the sewers. With Master Splinter? Yes, with Master <laughs> with Master Splinter. That's what I was gonna say. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style, a la, the nerdist, nice. a la meltdown comics. But um, we literally, there was there was a place in Oakland where you could uh, you go into a, a, a there's like a drainage ditch and we would go down there with candles and hair uh, hairspray uh, to and lighters and hairspray to, to torch any spiders or rats that we might see sure. nice. and you walk about half a mile down this tunnel it start, It closes off into a tunnel and there was like an antechamber where yeah Splinter was there the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> yeah. uh, leftover, pizza. W- leftover pizza there were gnomes that, that were digging for uh jam- for grape jam you probably yeah. thought uh,
1: you saw all those things yeah. Yeah. Tim Curry from, Pennywise uh, I was just about to say <laughs> yeah, yes. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's Jack's what dad did. from we... Lost they were all yeah. there and this Ron guy named Perlman Fro- not in character just Ron Perlman <laughs> <laughs> just Tim Curry in <Korean> there no. <laughs> uh, and there was this guy named Frohawk who lived there he was a man that lived in the sewer he was a black gutter punk dude literally a gutter punk and uh, we would go in there and we would get high in the tunnel I mean there's just so many ridiculous stories of things like that it's that amazing that you turned out like you seem okay well, thank God, literally, thank God, <laughs> and that's why I'm glad to be on this podcast. I wanted to talk to you about the Lord. Sure, um, no, but no, it, it's good, man. I had, I, I, I got lucky, and some of my friends from back then didn't get lucky. Some of them went to prison. Some of them are dead, and uh, and I got to you know have this great life and write write a book about it. So I'm very, I'm c- certainly very grateful for it, and uh, yeah, enough sincerity. No, but truly, I, it's a, it's a, it's a. It's a weird thing. When I was writing this book, I don't know if you ever had this experience of going into your own memory and being surprised by the things that you find there. Well, we can because they're just things that you don't think about in detail all the time. You
1: kind of have these file markers right. in the back of your head where you sort of index
2: things. But then when you start thinking about the details, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Wh- you think about it. And you think that they're gone, but they're not. They're there. And all you have to do is turn around and start to pay attention to them. Like the analogy that I use in the book, in the introduction of the book, when I'm describing going into this process of writing the memoir is like, you know, Wesley in the uh, in the forest of whatever, the swamps of sadness or whatever, oh, yeah, yeah. when Buttercup falls into the yes. fire sands or the snow sand, lightning sands, and he cuts off a, a vine and jumps in, yeah. like looking for her. That's sort of how I felt the entire time I was writing this book was like, I was in this, this quicksand kind of feeling around for things I couldn't quite find and just, And then I, I had this one vine of my kind of adult brain that was made me feel like okay, I'll make it back. Or if your sieve was a crack pipe, that's Uh, right. um, Yeah, and then you just pull the the
3: thoughts out (laughs) of the. Did you encounter any R O U
2: S S? In my in my in, of swaps, size? in my memory, or <laughs> I don't think they exist. Bro, hey, there we go. That felt really good, Chris.
1: That felt really good. You 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 told me something really insane backstage at UCB show once, and if you want me to cut this out, I will. But it's the fun, one of the funniest things I've
2: ever heard. I'm sure I won't.
1: And you and and you were just so matter of fact about it, where you go. Yeah, when, when I'm on the road, if I meet a girl and, it, you know, and she comes back to the hotel room and I feel like she's not going to have sex with me and she's going to leave. Oh, no. I just... <laughs> I just <laughs> oh, no. Can I say it? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you, oh, you go, I just ask her if she wants to watch me jerk off and 100% of the time they stay and watch.
2: Jesus. I mean, look... <laughs> You know, yeah, Chris, girls will do that. It's weird. Chris makes yeah. up a lot of stuff. That's a, that's a thing. Chris is a liar, and that's <laughs> sure why has. I was asked to sure. come on here was to oh, expose yeah, you yeah. for the two liars. I, will, liar I will cut that out if you don't want that in there. Man. Uh, hey, you know, but, but but the new book is. Uh, <laughs> do, you <laughs> you me, do you want me to cut that out, Moshe? No, I don't even know. Right. Uh, it feels good that you said it. Uh, it feels cathartic. I'm just fascinated by that. I'm well, fascinated by that as a concept. I think it's an interesting concept because uh, it really is about. You know, it's an it's an experience for people. That, I think the reason that they might stay is because they've never like it's like, huh? That okay? Yeah, that's, that's what different. it is. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I so. would have so much performance anxiety like oh, it's not happen at home i totally no i can
2: do this i can do this oh well chris i'm actually a world championship um, semi public masturbator oh my That's, God, yeah, oh, yeah, semi public
5: yeah. yeah. 2012 <laughs> <laughs> invisible yeah. children
2: oh speaking of coney and internet videos that, uh, things that are fake there's a video going around on the internet right now that purports to be the coney the footage of the coney guy jerking off And it's a, like, five-year-old video of this guy jerking off in Russia where all these guys come out. Have you ever seen it? He's jumping on cars, and he's, like, this crazy guy, and they all beat the shit out of him. Have you ever seen it? Oh, no. No. It's clearly Russia. I mean, it's just, like, it could (laughs) not be San Diego. It It couldn't be. And it says San Diego, Coney, and no one in the YouTube comments notices because they just want... To yeah, viciously yeah. Sure, get sure, this sure, guy. Sure. But it's like, you know, long rectangular license plates. Right. And like, you know, like people, like bears walking by doing <laughs> yeah. and stuff All there, the words exactly. look like the word K-O-Pectate. Stolid
4: is there. <laughs> <Right>. Literally. <laughs> yeah, Stolid is, is there. Everyone's <laughs> saying nuclear vessels. <whistles.
2: laughs> <laughs> John Connery, underwater. Nuclear vessels. Nuclear vessels would be a great
1: name for a
3: band. Yeah. yeah would nuclear that would vessels. Be great. So um, I'm
1: just I just by that as a concept because it would never occur to me to to do that. But I guess I can understand if you're a girl and you've never seen a guy do
2: that, it would be fascinating. I I, I would do it if somebody offered it to me. If I was making out with someone and they said, "I'm not going to have sex with you, but you can stay and watch me masturbate," I would be like, I, "Yes, I will." Uh, well, have so they how did those how, that how they did... could as well? With, I mean. Look, this isn't a real story, so <laughs> uh, have I ever... Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to get uncomfortable. No, hey, not listen, really. so this it. is
3: the comedic version of the Basketball Diaries. Has anyone <laughs> said that yet? Uh,
2: yeah, I think that's actually a good comparison. I mean, yeah, the bi- comedic version of the Basketball yeah. Diaries, it, it's it's sort of c- Kissing Cousins with Running With Scissors, Augustine Burroughs' yeah. memoir... Um, and uh, it includes a lot of women watching me jerk off on the road. That, that's yeah. the last. How do those transactions end? Like,
1: oh, I'm done. Okay, well, I'll see you around.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I give my high five so, yeah. <laughs> with the other hand. <laughs> no, with before the it hits the floor, the, the
5: door's
1: already
2: open, and you're showing them the way out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. this has been. This Thank has you. been yeah. Great. Thanks hope for you coming. I know I that hope, sounded weird. I, I guess you, enjoyed, you didn't, but I, hope, I guess I did.
3: I hope you enjoyed my presentation of invisible children. Now, I'll see you
2: later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is a the Russian mark. guy,
2: Jonah. It's not yeah. even him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens every time I have an orgasm. I scream out, Nuclear vessels! <laughs> that happens all the vessels, Genesis device." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so your when does your book come out? March twenty eighth. It's coming out March twenty eighth, and I'm having I'm going on a big book tour. Uh, I, I, on March twenty eighth, I'm at the Barnes and Noble at the Grove, and at the thirtieth, I'm at Book Soup here in L.A. And then I leave. I'm going all around the all around the country. Uh, I'll be in San Francisco, St. Louis. Uh, you going to hit Chicago. Booksmith in Brooklyn Mass? I'm not go- I'm not going to the East Coast yet. No. You got to so hit be- Powell's up in Portland? I'll be in Powell's in Portland. I'm doing a show in at the Mission Theater in Portland. Yeah, in are you going to be syncing
3: these up with a uh, live stand-up. Yeah, dates? so we're
2: we're doing both a lot of stand-up and a lot of reading, so Perfect. it's like it's, a, it's a, it'll be a really cool. All the shows will be cool. I'll be at the Moon Tower Festival in Austin and Chicago. How much Chicago, of, How much Obama of the City. book has found its way into your act? I'm tr- I'm now reverse engineering the book uh, in, into my next hour. I just also recorded an hour special. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, so now I'm thinking, hey, okay, I got to write a new hour. And so I'm thinking, of, I'm trying to reverse engineer this book into a, a, a sort of um, storytelling version of of the book. And so it's start. I'm pretty excited about the stuff that I've been able to find in there. It's pretty. This do you find? Cool did you did you find that when you were writing this book and you were talking about like going into the quicksand and pulling yeah. out all these little stories? Do you
1: find Did you find that that really helped you find a comedy voice that you, because you've always been a very funny guy, but do you feel like, well, now I'm a funny guy with a point of view and like something to actually say?
2: I mean, I've never wanted to have something to say. That's never really been my stand-up goal is to figure out a way to declare things. I just feel like that's not for me. That's for somebody else. Um, But, but uh, sort of against my will, some of these stories are poignant and are, and are a little bit more. Are a little less silly than some of the ori- my original sure. stand-up, and I think that's okay, too. I, I've i always thought about stand-up like it happens to you, like you don't design it, it happens yeah. to you. Yeah. And, um, speaking of Michelangelo, I've told this story before, but like, uh, somebody, there's a story of somebody coming up to Michelangelo and saying, uh, you know, how do you make something like David? How did you, how did you make David? It's such a beautiful thing. And uh, he goes pizza. No, it's a really original. <laughs> he goes. Uh, oh, it's simple. I just got a brick. Uh, I got this big piece of marble, mm-hmm. and I chipped away everything that wasn't David. Um, and so I sort of think that's what we do as comics is like we we get on stage, we just chip away all the bullshit until we're left with a streamlined version of ourselves on stage. Yeah. He would that's, say that wow. a lot
3: about like a, a lot of his sculptures was just like it was in there. I just let it out.
1: Yeah, you
2: know, right. and
4: like so you can kind
1: of say that's like uh, it's in all
3: of us. It's just letting out. I gotta
1: you know. go. You have to. Oh, you have a one o'clock.
4: to go sincere? shoot. I go <laughs> shoot. roll of an iPad. Uh, Very yeah. But I just, I just while I was sitting here, I just ordered his book. So. But oh, you ordered on the on yeah. the iPhone. Oh, while sorry. you're
2: listening, you should be ordering it too. Yeah, Please. seriously. <laughs>
4: I'm getting it. Apparently, they're d- delivering it March 21st. So I don't know. On Amazon. You mean yesterday? No, March 21st. Wait, March. Today's
2: the 19th. Oh, you mean two days from now? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was thinking about <laughs> it. It takes so little to meet to be a bestseller that if half of the people listening to this right now were to purchase the book, I would be an, a bestseller and you would change my life. So seriously? Yeah, and, and, we we all, and we all Coney personally, we all personally <laughs> vouch for Moshe as a comic and as be, a comedic
4: force. This will be a movie starring the next Michael Sarah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good
2: cool. luck uh, with your B-roll on yes. the iPad, Matt yeah, Myra. Out you. If you can I'll, I'll email you. Love You're going to do Star Trek on Monday, I right? Think I, okay. I think I am. Okay. You should do it. It's I fun. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you should really do it. I want to do it. We, have John, we have John Singleton coming to our our podcast. Boys in the Hood, John Singleton? Oh, Boys nice. in the Hood, John Singleton. I do a Hustle podcast. and
3: Flow, John Singleton?
2: Did he do Hustle He, pro- and flow? he produced it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: What was the horror one? The horror one? There
2: was like a street oh, tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
3: Tales from the Hood. Yeah. Yeah. Tales from the Hood. I love Tales from the Hood. I saw the same day I saw Casper, the friendly ghost movie.
2: Yeah, he's he's black a crossover. I'm excited. He's coming on the... we. I do a podcast called The Champs, where mm-hmm. we interview black celebrities. It's you, DJ Doug Pound. DJ Doug Pound, Neil Brennan. And every week it's a different black celebrity that we interview. We just did Questlove. We just had Questlove. Oh oh my god, he's so great! Let me tell you some crazy shit about what uh, Questlove. Questlove is amazing and just an incredible interview and an incredible guy and and a huge fan of our podcast, which was like so flattering. That's awesome. But anyway, he was talking about he uh, about Jay Z and about the upcoming Jay Electronica album. Mm -hmm. Do you know Jay Electronica? He's like the new like hype hyped guy in the hip hop world. Okay. Uh, and he said some things about the new album maybe not having a, a single, whatever. The point is, Jay-Z listened to the podcast, our <gasps> podcast, what? and Jay-Z is very upset at the information that was up. Uh, Jay-Z is mad at our podcast, which I think That's so exciting! Th- I think that's like the that's, most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life. That's insane. I, I don't want Jay-Z to be mad at me, but if he's going to be mad at me... I think it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Also, the fact that Jay Z knows what a podcast is. I know he's right. a smart, very you know, intuitive guy in the business and everything like that. But just like he knows it's, the podcast, and he knows, knows your podcast, podcast. I
2: don't even it's like. I can't even really quantify what that means. There's very many Jay-Z, steps to get there. It's so ridiculous. That you that you occupy.
1: No matter what size you occupy, a some fan. a tiny bit of real estate in right. his in his occupy brain Jay-Z. in his in his
2: lightning sands. <laughs> in, in his lightning sands, I am one grain. Most yes, you're one grain, one one his grain, lightning grain sands. of
3: lightning These lightning sand yeah. memories. Like the guy's got a new kid. He's just like. I don't know. There's this fucking podcast with these guys. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a name focus so that's the name of your next being That's the name of
1: your next hour, by the way. Lightning Sands. Yeah, yeah that's like got to be the name of your your next hour. Into the fire swamps. I always love I always love seeing your shows and hanging out and and it's it, like honestly anyone listening who's never seen Moshe perform comedy you have got to see him do comedy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, and I really hope, uh, I hope tons of people, buy. It. it's funny, like it doesn't really take that many to get a bestseller. And I'm like, yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, how many, how many do you think it takes to make, to make it a bestseller? I don't know. It depends on, it has to, it depends on how many, like in the first week. Oh, and is it that depe- right? And it depends on, it's not only how many you sell, but how many you sell in comparison to whatever else is whatever selling. Else is yeah, selling. Yeah, yeah, so if totally. something else is out there that's, you know, then that's going to, you know, well, yeah. These are I mean, all just excuses for why I did not have a best-selling book. You might actually have a, a best-selling book because this. I mean, it sounds like uh, some of the stuff that you I mean you're dealing with really, really, really real stuff here in a way that hasn't really been it hasn't been presented in before.
2: Yeah, like I said, I I wanted to present this agonizing story from a perspective of humor. And in a weird way, the humor is like a trap. That's what I've thought. In, upon reading it, I didn't design it like this, but the humor is like a trap because you're laughing oh, you laughing and laughing and laughing and then all of a sudden the walls are closing in on you. By the end of the book, it's a, it ends in a very dark, well, I mean, it ends in a, a, on a light place, but the, towards the third act of the book, if you will, it's you're in a very dark place and, and a very scary place, which is where I was at at that age. It wasn't all funny stories of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There were some really scary, horrible... Embarrassing stuff. People that loved me, I hurt a great deal, and people that uh, were around me got got hurt and went to jail. And there's some terrible things that I was involved in, and I'm super grateful to have made it out of the other side. But also super grateful to be able to tell the story in a way that's meaningful. And in the end, it ends in a really beautiful way. I hope, and I think it's a really fun and and important thing that I've made. I hope.
1: Well, there's two there's two things. No, number one, even though like in but I, I mean, I just—I just dealt with alcoholism mm-hmm. as an adult, and so you know, in my—and when I when I wrote my book, I was like, you know, anxiety, alcoholism is like. There's so many books where people are like, oh, you really got to take this seriously, and right. I wanted to be like, yeah, 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 we get it. It's fucking horrible, right? But it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom, yeah. And so I think, and the reason that I'm trying to connect this to what you wrote is just the idea that. Number one, presenting it in a way where you can kind of take ownership over it through comedy, it just, I don't know. I think it's more palatable that way. And, like, we know how horrible the reality of the situation is. But the fact that you can spin something out that that would also be entertaining would also provide hope. Like, hey, this guy was as bad off as you could possibly be and still managed to... Pull his life together, you know. Be a funny, productive guy. Put these stories together and write this book. I think is. I think the sort of the the idea of that in and of itself is very important for people.
2: Yeah, I hope so too. Like you know, I mean, I I, I always say like it's almost like against my will, this book became sincere at certain points. Like my real plan was to try to write this story, this dark, twisted story in as humorous and absurd a way as I could, and against my will, it became a book where it there are some very serious i mean it had to be I, I realize that now you know when i was setting out on it i was like i'm just going to write this like funny story it'll be all funny stories but it wouldn't have done this story justice to ignore the kind of dark underbelly of it and uh and yeah i really do believe like i remember when i was a kid i i stole a copy of uh of um of the basketball diaries mm-hmm. and uh, i in fourth grade i was reading this book like it's very young to be reading a book like the basketball diaries yeah. and i just remember feeling this like connect connection to this character who's who is so damaged and and destroyed and because i was feeling damaged and destroyed at that age and so what i my big hope when i was writing this was that this is going to be the kind of book that kids sneak under their beds and read late at night and you know with a flashlight and think you know this guy's like me you know what i mean and i'm not going to be like this forever do you
3: think though you were in fourth grade when you read
2: that book yeah
3: and and this is something that I've done throughout my life where I uh shittily enough, like kind of I glorify a lot of those kind of people, like the, yeah. the drug addle, the drunks and stuff like that. Like when I first saw Bat Santa, I thought, you know, the main character was so cool. Right. And he's pathetic. Right. He's totally. pathetic in it. But just that detachment, yeah. I was like, man, that's just like I just loved it. I love that he didn't give a shit. And uh do you think that maybe reading that book early on kind of fed into this idea of someone you wanted to be, someone you wanted to be like, like you were on TV hosting shows, but you're like, and I'm just a guy that fucking hosts shows and I do comedy and I fucking drink and I'm just attached and hanging out all the time. Do you think there's something that feeds into that? Some little like, you know, we all want to be Johnny cash. We all want to be, you know, there's definitely
1: a romantic ideal because Mm -hmm. when you see, when you see like the famous party guy, all you ever see is the like the party aspect, and there this plays with girls, and everyone thinks they're yeah. great, and you're th- talking about them, and they're making the news. And when he fucks up, it's funny. Yeah, and yeah. you don't see the reality of it, which is like you fucking hate yourself, and it's hard to get up in the morning, and you know you're y- you know you're trying to figure out how to stop yourself from throwing up because you're so like You you don't you don't see all that no one documents that part of it. The press doesn't document that part of it. No. They romanticize like the fun the fun party idea of of all that. And so I think you sort of get caught up in that. And and it is funny, like I totally wore a badge of honor how fast and how much I could drink. I I used to think that was an awesome thing.
3: Yeah.
2: And it's not.
3: It's not. And like do you think like the it was the romantic
2: it was pretty much romantic. Yeah, I think that I think that's a uh, definitely a valid point and probably very real that when I was a kid reading about this stuff it made me go like oh yeah maybe I can check out because like I said all I wanted all I, I had all these circumstances that made me feel weird and different than everybody else I was this white kid on welfare Jews on welfare, extremely rare thing. Um, I was uh, <laughs> You I, might have been it. Yeah, yeah, right. I might have been the only one. I say in the book, they when they found out we were Jewish, they assigned us a, a special entrance to avoid being <laughs> seen by other members of the church. <laughs> um, but these deaf parents, and I was in special ed, and I was in therapy from the time I was four years old, literally. Uh, I had all these circumstances that made me feel so, ugh. And so maybe reading that made me think, oh, shit, I could be something else. I could check out. And that is what drugs and alcohol did for me when I was a kid, was it made me, all of those things that spiked up and made me feel different were gone, and I was just high. And so it's like, there's nothing wrong, this is my opinion, there's nothing wrong with drinking and doing drugs, but there I think there is something wrong if drinking and doing drugs is the only thing that's ever made you feel like okay and stable in your life. Yeah, yeah. That's when you start to plunge in, because you need to continue to feel okay and stable, so you take more and then your tolerance builds up and you take more, and then your circumstance behind you in the wake of you. I always talk about it like, Katamari Damacy. Do you know that game? Yeah, Katamari yeah. Damacy. Like the uh, the analogy, like this little prince is w- w- going along in the early stages and he's picking up little stuff yeah. with this ball, and it's just little stuff at first, and it's cute. But by the end of the game, he's picking up fucking mountains and and buildings and dinosaurs and cars. And so that's sort of what it was like for me. The when I first started taking drugs and drinking, I had this little ball of pain that I was pushing in front of me. And when I found drugs and drinking, I could started to pick pick stuff up and it started to gain speed. Until by the time I was uh, uh, weirdly, only uh, 15 years old, this ball was like you know, f- ten times my size, and it was rolling behind me, and I'm like running away from it with all of this stuff by me, and I'm thinking, what do I do? And you know what what people said to do was you know stop running. And I was like, "But this fucking ball is gonna—you yeah. see the size of this ball. This and will like, crush me." Yeah, they're like, "Don't worry, stop running." And I was like, "You sure?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, it's all good." So I stopped running, and the ball just <laughs> crushed me. Yeah, but of course, slowly, slowly, you pick yourself back up, like Wiley e. Coyote, blow some air back in. you, blow through your yeah. thumb, you blow it through your thumb, and then exactly. that's how you reinflate. <laughs> that's right.
1: Uh, yeah, it's and it's hard, and the and and the unfortunate misconception that you live by when you're super sucked in to the substances is that. Um, you know, it makes you feel better in the moment, but the tr- the reality is that <laughs> it's not curing your problems, right? Yeah, and just, they're just getting, like you yeah. said, they're getting worse, and uh, and you just don't. Y- it just reality sucks to deal with sometimes, and that's the kind of the thing that you that you have to come to terms with is reality sucks sometimes. Right. It Kyle Kyle Dunnigan, who's a comic that yeah. I I love, uh. He had he would play this song on the piano every once in a while. He would play these like quick, silly songs. And one of them was about taking, you know, antidepressants or something. And then it was like, because why should I ever have to feel an uncomfortable emotion? (laughs) And just the idea of that. And yeah, listen, antidepressants are right for some people, certainly not all the people that are on them. But definitely yeah. right for a percentage of people, but just not as freely as they are, pers- uh, you know. As they're as like we rush to drugs, we rush to right. substances to try to fix this. and it's like you know what? Sometimes you fucking have to feel uncomfortable and shitty, but it'll go away, yeah. and you yeah. you just have to know that you're not gonna feel that way forever. Yeah, it, it will pass. Well, you just-, just
3: like anything, it's perspective. If you're able to just pull yourself out of the moment and just say, "Hey, listen, this is this sucks right now," but. You know, last week I was feeling pretty good, and there was really no reason that I was feeling good, but I was. And right now, there's no reason I'm feeling bad, but I am. But it'll, it'll, you know, not everything's a constant, and it's better that
2: way. I could read a passage that sort of speaks to this. Do it, oh please, yeah, not a very funny passage. No, 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 that's fine. This this would be
1: a great way to kind of wrap up the show. So
2: go ahead. It directly sort of speaks. This is um,
1: Moshe Kasher reads from the Kasher in the Rye.
2: Uh, so I, it's uh, this is from the third act of the book. This is not the funniest part of the book, so. But let's see how this goes. Um, Constantly worried, constantly scared. No one thought about me like I thought about me. The real problem was that the drugs I was taking were no longer taking that painful self-awareness away. My medicine was starting to fail me. My painkillers weren't killing the pain. Addiction is like that. When you first start taking drugs, the thing that gets you hooked is that it takes the pain away. It kills the ache. It makes the wound numb. Life was the wound. Life steered and stung. The world stung. I was born a mess of paper cuts. The world was a pool of lemon juice I'd been shot into. So I found drugs. I found a painkiller that made me able to ignore the wound. I could walk upright. I could go forward. I could navigate the acidic reality. Of course, if you're wounded and you find a medicine that makes you numb, you don't correct for the wound. I should have been limping. I should have been wincing, holding back, walking tenderly. But in the bag and the bottle I found a way to walk upright. To fight and scrap and tumble and give life the finger. Not taking it easy, my wound ripped into me. It cut me deep. It rendered itself open. The wound ached. Life got worse. So of course I took more of my medicine. I took more handfuls of that painkiller, straightened out and walked upright again. Life raked into me. I had to shovel the painkiller into me. I got ripped nearly in two. There came a point where I was all wound. I couldn't see where I stopped and where the wound began. And of course, as happens to all addicts eventually, I hit the point where I couldn't take enough medicine to make my pain go away. So I couldn't make the pain be gone, but I needed to keep taking my dose of medicine. If this was how badly I was hurting now, just imagine how I'd feel with no medicine at all. The great irony of the addict is that the thing he takes, which is the only thing that has ever made life feel good, stops working long before he considers the possibility of life without it. That first day I'd gotten high, I'd promised myself a life where I'd never stop. I never wanted to not feel that way again. The fact that I hadn't felt that good in years hardly registered with me. Eventually, my wound ripped so deep I couldn't ignore it. I didn't know it then, but the door had closed on me. I was never going to find relief in drugs and booze. I was never going to find joy in a bag again. I was only going to feel slightly less misery. My only true friend had turned on me. One more best friend gone, this time without saying goodbye. What I didn't realize then was that I, what I needed more than anything was not something to kill the pain, but something new. Something to heal the wound. Something to fuse me back to whole, to the whole person I never was. I didn't need to feel good. I couldn't. I needed to heal. I needed to heal.
1: Oh shit. That's a ama- You know, and the unfortunate thing, well, this is actually very fortunate for people who've never suffered addiction. They just don't like all of that will sound completely foreign to them, but anyone who's ever experienced it is like, yeah, that's what it fucking feels like. Yeah. yeah and and but the idea of you fusing yourself back together into this whole being, I don't when you were that that started from such an early age you development. like how did you even know who your whole being was? Like you had to completely Almost be a whole start
2: from scratch guy, right? I think that that's right. Yeah, I think I think that's true that all of the lessons I learned post uh, 15 years old were like new things, things that should have been common sense to other people, but lessons I had willfully ignored, you know? And yeah. So I think that, yeah, I think that my, that my second chapter of my life uh, was a different, was like becoming a different person. How old are you now? I'm 32. 32. Yeah. Well, most 32. 32. 32. <laughs> yeah. You like the ladies? <laughs> yeah. You're like, fucking. I become
1: a club DJ yeah. all of a sudden. Um, well, I. You've done. I and. You know, look. We make jokes about this stuff, and we use humor to to be able to present it to the world. I think a lot, so we can deal with it as well. But I really do. I think it's a very cool thing what you've done, like putting this into into a book and sharing these stories and not being afraid to you know to to talk about embarrassing things for the benefit of other people who might hopefully be like oh you know maybe i maybe i'm not such a fuck up or maybe i don't have to be such a fuck up anymore so uh, I congratulations on uh, the book. Yeah. Well, that was great, it's, man. Oh,
2: thank you. It's, uh, uh, the rest of the book is funny. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that was really an intense passage, but it spoke so directly to what we were talking about. No, There's, and I
1: think it was important because we've uh, we've been making you know like jokes about it the whole time. So yeah. like to see, I think I think the sincerity is. I think the sincerity has to be there to root the comedy so that it doesn't just seem like eh, I'm making fun of this thing. Like people need right. to know this is really coming from a real place. So you have to understand you know, why it's being presented in this way. Yeah, totally. So, Casher and the Rye is available uh, everywhere. Um, yeah, it's available everywhere.
2: March 28th, Grand Central Publishing, uh, you know, Amazon.com. You can find me at com. All my tour dates for the upcoming book tour are, are all on there. I'll probably be coming to a city. Moshe is you. M-O-S-H-E. Yeah.
3: is K-A-S-H-E-R.
1: Yeah,
2: taking the back end. I Boom. took the top. Nice, and, Jonah. Yeah, so, yeah. Moshe Kasher. At Moshe Kasher. Plug, 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 plug. Yeah. Thank you, so much for having me, on of course. The show. thank
1: you for thank you
3: for dropping by. And, and everybody m- listening should check out his stand up. It is like uh, Moshe, uh, and I have told you this before. It's like he's a guy that, like when we're on the same show together or something like that, I do make it a point to watch you. Oh, if not anyone else. Uh, and also uh, other comics, I think, are the same way, where you can do a 15-minute set of no material and still destroy a room. And that's what's always a delight
2: about seeing you. Well, thanks. I'm a big fan of both of your stand-up, too. Well, you uh, didn't I
1: have to say that. But he I did. believe you. Yes, yes, he did have <laughs> to say it. <laughs> yeah.
2: There was the Chris agreement we a- made before <laughs> right. he came
3: on the show. holding up a sign. Now us. <laughs>
2: that's right. Yeah. Uh, but sincerely, I think you're both very funny.
1: You know, right. uh, it, it, I have some rules on this podcast, Jonah. <laughs> no Number one, I always have to let people know that I'm funny. Willem? Number two, I always have to let people know I have famous friends.
2: Now, I've been reading the internet a lot. Yeah, I was
3: going to say, this is uh, the rules you started. Oh, really? Somebody's been,
2: been talking shit saying that <laughs> stuff it's yeah. constantly. Did Willem Dafoe say he likes your stand up? He did not say that at all.
1: <laughs> Number three, um, I always say amazing a lot. Yeah, I
2: say yeah, 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 a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 The Hawaii
2: thing. Yeah, Everybody yeah. go to youtube.com forward slash nerdist. Please hey! do that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh all right. Uh I, I I'm very pleased to have ended the podcast in the circle jerkiest way possible. But congratulations right. on the book. Thank you. And uh at Moshe Kasher on Twitter. Yes, okay, do. people can follow you on there. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks Thank for coming. You. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Enjoy your burrito. Everybody. <sighs> I Can't reach the button. The, the,
2: the stop button. Yeah! Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
1: This episode of the Nerdist Podcast was brought to you by Hover.com. Hover's domain name registration and management that is simple. For 10% off your new domain, go to slash nerdist.
2: As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries.
0: So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? Follow Happily Never After Dan and Nancy on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.